This show is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, where we discuss topics we believe deserve some critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast. Also visit saythiscast.pinecast.co for previous episodes. Hey, Dad, can you pass the mashed potatoes? Yeah, here you go. So has anybody been following the impeachment hearings? Jimmy, we don't need to discuss things like that at the table. Yep, total bullshit. (sighs) Okay, then. They're accusing the guy of bribery. Can you believe that? Uh, well, yeah, actually, I can. There was a quid pro quo. I watched every day of that dog and pony show, and nobody ever said the word bribery. Quid pro quo happens all the time. Why does our guy have to suffer for a standard political practice? It's interesting that you say that. Do you know the definition of quid pro quo? Um, sweetie, I think you mean quid pro quo. And of course they do. It means to offer someone something in exchange for a favor. Yeah, so I said pass me the mashed potatoes. So if you said you would pass me the mashed potatoes if I handed you the green bean casserole, that's a quid pro quo, is it not? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, except for that would be bribery, definitionally speaking. You liberals, always trying to twist definitions. I asked you for something, and instead of just giving it to me, you asked for something in return. That's a form of bribery. You're at least confusing terms, or at most being disingenuous about what those terms mean to support a fake argument. So if I'm lying, then you'll have no problem telling me the definition, right? (sighs) Of course. Bribery is the giving or offering of a bribe. Definitionally speaking, of course. So the first half of a quid pro quo. So if I were to try and give foreign aid to a place, but instead of giving that foreign aid freely, I were to ask them, hey, will you dig up information on my political opponent? You know what? Every time you come home, you give me lip and you keep Going off on how the government is bad, and how capitalism is ruining the country, even though capitalism built this country, it is the best country on earth, and I will not have this in my house. If you... If the president wants to do something, then he can just do it. If he wants to investigate corruption, then he can do that in any way that he wants. And I don't understand what your friggin' problem is, so... Can we just eat? Whatever you say, Daddy. Shut up, Jimmy. I shouldn't have to say this, but it's a lot easier to win an argument with your parents if you keep completely calm and call them a dumb fuck. Happy Thanksgiving. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to this week's very special episode of I Shouldn't Have to Say This. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to survive the holidays with your weird liberal or conservative family. Happy Turkey Day. If it's a bad holiday. It is. It's incredibly bad Yeah, holiday. let's just get that out of the way. We could do a whole episode just yeah. on how Thanksgiving is just horrifying. Thanksgiving 
sucks ass, but it is an excuse to eat food. And if you're an American, it's in our DNA to some mm. extent. So it's one of the few holidays that Americans have that isn't tied to patriotism or religion. Just our um, horrendous history of genocide. No, just I mean, it, you know, that's going to happen. So yeah, so we're just going to eat awesome food. Yeah, so <laughs> let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Assuming that you celebrate uh, Thanksgiving, this year can be kind of a stressful time for people who have somewhat radical belief systems because you go back and you see the family and the family is still peddling some bargain bin-ass politics. <laughs> We're talking about your establishment libs you weird-ass conservatives they're all radical we're talking about your anti-sjws etc we all have them in the family it's very cringe how do you deal with it um and this episode is going to assume that you believe that your family can do better right if your family cannot do better Honestly, if it helps you, don't engage with them on political subjects. The name of the game here is self-care. Yeah. If you if you can do this, then it's good to do this. But if you just can't and you just see that they're just stuck in their weird ass ways, then just just have just have some pie. Yeah. You know, if your family is too far gone we're going to be assuming that you can gain some ground here. I truly don't believe in arguing with people whose opinions cannot be changed. Yeah. It serves no purpose and it stresses you out. So one thing that is that just a quick thing, uh, there is arguing and there's debating. Arguing is trying to win something. It can be more aggressive. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes you want to debate, which is just an exchange of ideas, and hopefully you're going to convince someone. Yeah, and if you feel like arguing because it's something that you need to do emotionally, mm. and they're too far gone, go ahead and do it. But my first tip for you, actually, with whether you're arguing with conservatives or liberals, is don't fucking argue with them. It's really not worth it. It's not liberals and conservatives boomers in general let's say really like to see people sweat they think that the younger generations are soft and so a lot of the times they'll poke and prod us to see what pushes our buttons and they'll get a reaction out of us and they get some sort of weird sexual satisfaction out of it <laughs> don't play into that shit off to a good start yeah <laughs> number one Always keep your cool. It's uh, of vital importance to make your points. Just breathe through it. Yeah. So I thought that I'd split this episode into two parts because the way that you have to handle liberals and the way you have to handle conservatives are different, to say the mm. least. Definitely. So uh, we're going to start with liberals. Uh, liberals are the people that I have the most experience with. I'm part of a family that's pretty chocked full of libs <laughs> my grandpa supports bernie sanders he is a true hero of the people love him very much um the rest of my family are pretty capitalistic but they're progressive mind you at least for the most part my immediate family 
I truly believe can change from being liberals to being something I agree with more, which is why I argue with them. So I'm going to be speaking from my experience dealing with people that I know can change and do argue in good faith. Usually that's the liberals. Like, like they, like liberals try to argue in good faith, like for the most part, I think. Yeah, for the most part. So I'm going to run down a couple of things that you need to remember. And this is also a good episode in terms of learning how to engage in rhetoric. Rhetoric is of vital importance to people with radicalized political beliefs uh, because we need to bring people into the fold. We need to be able to make arguments that are persuasive and also engage in fights that get us something. So to reiterate my first point, because it really is of vital importance, particularly when you're dealing with liberals, always keep your calm. They have this weird fetish for decorum. So when you're arguing with a liberal, try and keep a aloof demeanor about you. Like you know more than them. Like you have the answer and that they keep on telling you things that don't make any sense. At least for the moment of time you're in, look down on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> You're trying to bring them up, basically? Uh, I think that the most effective way of getting to liberals is to say, you're not engaging with the literature. You're not engaging with data. You are wrapped up in tradition to the point where you cannot accept new facts. And you need to be able to do this with a certain level of like poise. I'm not trying to tone police you or anything. It's just important. You're not going to convince people if you lose your head. So... For instance, say your aunt is telling you that it's nice that people think that Medicare for all could work. However, have they considered that billionaires really like their money? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Rather than getting really riled up and saying, okay, boomer, or something like that. Just say, like, this many people are dying in this country every year for preventable reasons. Do you really think that the benefit that we gain from billionaires outweighs this amount of people dying because they can't access good medical care. If they say something about how weed is bad, just tell them, hey, do you know that Portugal used to have a really bad crime problem and issues with drugs until they decriminalized it? Twelve years later, the crime rates have plummeted problematic drug use has plummeted the outcomes that we have observed through legalizing these things that we have demonized in this country are all in all positive if you disagree with this you disagree with science you disagree with data you disagree with logic do a amended version of facts don't care about your feelings right and it's okay to make an uh, emotional appeal if needed, but for the most part, liberals like the marketplace of ideas, quote-unquote. They like data, and they are the most receptive to people when they are calm. So, when you're engaging with these types of people, just introduce them to concepts. Ask them questions that they... I'm quickly moving past my first point there is something that we'll post in the show notes 
Do you know about Graham's hierarchy of disagreement? Nope. This is a basically a debate pyramid, and it has different levels of ways that people argue that in higher levels, that it's, it's a better argument. So at the lowest level, things you should not do, name-calling, ad hominem, attacking the characteristics or the authority of the person without addressing the substance of the argument. There is the responding to tone, which is, hmm. like you said, tone policing. You're not actually trying to debate. You're just saying, like, you sound blah, blah, blah. There's contradiction, which is stating the opposite case with little or no supporting evidence. There's counter-argument. Now we're getting to better. Contradicts and then backs it up with reasoning and supporting evidence. Refutation finds the mistake and explains why it's mistaken using quotes, and finally refuting the central point. So explicitly refuting the central point, as it yeah. says. As you go higher, like I said, these are better ways, and, and with liberals especially, this is something that they look for. Yeah. Especially boomers. This is something that they would look for, like you said, acting with decorum, keeping your cool. This is something that I use a lot when I'm trying to debate with people that I might disagree with or that I'm trying to bring over mm. to my side. Uh, making sure that you don't do ad hominem, trying to refute arguments. I have one point of disagreement there. Mm. I think that in moments when you're dealing with a close personal friend or like a member of the family, they're invested in your opinion at all. It can be effective to say, you know, this is callous. Or to make judgments on their character based upon their belief system. Uh, yeah. Or to make logical jumps um, in terms of like seek and destroying, seek out and destroying the point of what they're saying, the logical conclusion. When people say, oh, well, I don't think that water is a human right, then it's not totally unfair to say so you don't think that everybody deserves water and since water is something that we all require to live and will die within like 48 hours of not having it you think that a certain population should die that's pretty callous of you don't you think see i would say that's uh that would fall under counter argument yeah you are making a point about their core character traits though True. you're saying that they don't live up to their um feelings that they're progressive or their values in reason and logic. I do think that there's a place for ad hominem. Don't call them an idiot or an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you must. I if they're will using say... their if they're using their personal authority to make an argument, then you can attack their their authority because they're incorrect. Yeah. Water is a human right. Nestle is a horrible company. Yeah. We hate them a lot. So keeping those just in the back of your, back of your head yeah. Um, when, when speaking to someone that, like I said, especially likes decorum and likes ar arguments and debates that don't have, that aren't emotional, then it really helps. So number two, the basis of all of your arguments across the board, the most persuasive thing that you can do is ask a question that your opponent or like your family member doesn't have a good answer to. Mm. If you're arguing about universal basic income, ask them, do you believe that everybody deserves shelter? 
what do you think of the fact that these people are homeless? Or if you're talking about disability, say, hey, do you think that just because somebody has a disability that they should be denied a basic level of dignity as a human being? Do you think that it is more important to go after individuals who are drinking out of straws or using asthma medication when a hundred companies are contributing the majority to global climate change? Ask them questions open-ended that they can't answer. And this is important. Don't offer the answer. Mm. Maybe you can kind of gesture towards it or maybe you've been talking about your solution to the problem but don't be so highfalutin as to offer all of the answers to them in that moment say i don't think that you can answer this question through your worldview and then move on think of this as a hit and run tactic you're <laughs> here to provide some arguments and then you gotta get the fuck out that's the third point. Don't let arguments linger. Ask your questions and get the fuck out. Ultimately, the way that people are oriented, the way our egos are, we don't want to be proved wrong. Very few times in an argument where somebody is emotionally or financially invested in their point of view, Will they agree, hey, I was wrong in the middle of an argument? When you're at a family dinner and you're having an argument and there's an audience in the other members of your family, your expectation in a argument, debate, whatever you want to call it, should not be for the other person to concede ground unless you are very confident they're able to do so. Just make your points. Get the fuck out. Check back in a few months see where, how their thinking has changed. That's all you can really hope for when you're talking right. to liberals, especially. Plant the seed. Yes, plant the seed. Maybe bring it up every once in a while. Water, yeah. check on it. But you cannot expect for somebody to push down their pride and accept your points as factual in the moment. They won't do it. It's too much to ask. Think about if someone came at you <laughs> with something yeah. and clearly i mean you listen to us so clearly you have all of the correct information and you are you are correct but you know at some point you might be wrong and someone might say you're wrong and this is why and you will probably dig in a bit because you're human yeah you know what? That's that happens. I'm right ninety nine percent of the time, but that one percent of the time that I'm wrong, um, if somebody proves me wrong, I am quite likely to dig in my heels and defend myself. Or to just run away from a conversation. To preserve my ego. And then I'll think about it. I'll do my little Google searches. I'll um access my alma mater's academic resources that I'm not supposed to still have credentials for. <laughs> and I'll come to a conclusion myself and you know it's not often but when i do finally figure out that i'm right i probably won't even bring it up to the person who pro proved me wrong until it just naturally comes up i'll just have a different opinion now and and just act like that's what you've always thought 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, clearly this is this is correct. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm a honest enough person to admit when I'm wrong, but in the moment, absolutely not. It's just not how people are wired to work, and also it takes a lot of faith in your source, mm. which when you're being proved wrong in something that you truly and earnestly believe. It's difficult to accept new information, specifically if you haven't gotten to go through your own thought process through it. And like you said at the beginning, especially someone that is emotionally invested, financially invested, or someone that has lived their entire life with these principles, and now you're introducing something new, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. It's not going to happen within a month. But just planting that seed of an idea, and then... Like Nicole said, coming back and watering it and checking on it. Oh, hey, did you uh, did you read this thing? Oh, what did you think about that thing I said like six months ago? Did you think about it anymore? You know, stuff like that. It, it, it does work. Yeah. And it works like a small percentage of the time. But when you're dealing with your family, provided they care about you, you're working at an advantage. So just do your best, okay? Yeah. Liberals, they're emotional. But if they have their hearts in the right place you can get through to them this is where we stop talking about people who are arguing in good faith because this is point one yeah this is point one all conservatives are fucking very very conspiratorial if they are still calling themselves a conservative a republican chances are they are and i'm really sorry to insult your family here really fucking stupid um it's just it's probabilistically there are very few intelligent conservatives unless they are lying about most of their strongly held beliefs it's just a fact so when you argue with conservatives the first thing you need to identify is that there is a point to arguing with them so say you have like a conservative daddy or something and your dad says dumb fuck things to you to try and row you up because you're the SJW in the family. Before you get riled up, think to yourself, does anybody in this fucking family even have any hope? Like, do you have a sibling or your mom who seems like they're a little bit more like progressive, but like they just grew up in a different environment and they've just come to different conclusions? Do you think that you can make headway with your audience here? Because that's really what it boils down to in terms of whether you should argue with conservatives or not. Is there any hope? That's a serious question. With liberals, is. this is less of a question. But with conservatives, it's absolutely vital. They're so disconnected from reality. Honestly, <sighs> if you if you think about it and you and your family say or like your your father, your mother, whoever says, Oh, I'm a conservative and you think there there's hope then they're not a conservative. They're at least a centrist. Yeah. <laughs> Just sorry. Uh, <laughs> you are not a conservative if you if there's any hope of getting through to you at this point in yeah. this day and age. Second of all, conservatism, uh, Republican belief systems, they're all emotional. So don't expect them to logic themselves out of a belief that they didn't logic themselves into. And that's mm. why arguing is so devoid of purpose when it comes to right-leaning people it doesn't matter they don't follow rational thought 
<laughs> oh, what kind of advice should I give you people? Um, I do know. I've already... The points are in my head. I'm just asking this because, oh boy, I don't mm. see much purpose in it unless you have people in the audience who you think have some hope. There is a performative a- aspect to it. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. Like your little sister. Maybe, uh... Maybe it'll help her. Yeah, you got a younger sibling who lives in the home still and who hasn't been introduced to actual people with brain cells. It's a thing. (laughs) So, the important thing is that conservatives don't really argue with left-leaning people in terms of, like, trying to pursue a greater understanding of the truth. They want to, and I'm really sorry to use this language, they want to trigger you. They're looking to get a rise out of you. They want a reaction. A lot of these people really get off on getting left-leaning people to become offended when they say something that is actually reprehensible. So when you argue with them, you do need a certain level of calm. Do you know that you will be able to remain calm if your grandpappy says that, um trans people are not valid uses a couple of slurs and then says that um the trans girls deserved what they got because xyz if you cannot stay calm do not argue with these people stuff pie in your face stuff pie in your face run away scream um, talk about the weather or something doesn't matter talk about the weather get out Go of that situation to a different holiday event if possible but, like, honestly, these people want to rise out of you, so there's that. Second of all, all that shit about making good arguments and adhering to the good rules of debate go out the fucking window when you're talking about <laughs> conservatives. Um, Completely. These Forget are everything the, that I said before. Yeah. These people often engage in super emotional arguments. Um You can use facts to bolster your arguments. However, these people don't care about facts. They're all feelings. And so, insult their fucking intelligence. Just do it. Just say, like, oh, so, like, are you familiar with this study that says this, that, or the third? Oh, no? Yikes, you're fucking moron. These are for educated (laughs) conservative folks. If you have, like, people who legitimately are anti-intellectual... Go to Friendsgiving. Go to Friendsgiving. (laughs) I don't know what to do with anti-intellectualism. They're very resistant to rhetoric. The one thing that I will say about these people, if you're arguing with a conservative, all you can do is hope that you say something that resonates with them even a little bit, and that you've managed to plant a seed that will later emerge through... Any combination of life events. Because it's not going to happen in the moment. No. They're not going to have the come to Jesus shit. It's just not going to happen. It's very difficult to convince people who don't want to be convinced. Did you know that 60-something percent of Trump supporters say that there's literally nothing that he could do to make them not support him anymore? At least at least 65%, I believe. Yeah, it's like 65%. But that means, yeah. like, imagine... Yeah, he could literally eat your gram and they would still, like, support him. Yeah, he had They're... he had his reasons. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, maybe he needed a blood sacrifice. He is the second coming of Jesus. I mean, really, if, if your family is, um, like, our major Trump supporters, 
just run screaming into the that's a sign that it's not it's not happening because that's not that's not even conservatism that is blind faith uh and you're not going to break through that in any sort of way yeah if you feel like you need to just stay calm and understand that you will not convince them in the moment just like with the liberals but also they'll probably piss you off and you cannot take the bait under any circumstance the point about like maintaining a sort of like cool calm collected but like very arrogant persona it's of vital importance when you're talking to conservatives mm. they'll they'll resonate with the, the arrogance yeah Definitely. make them feel stupid make them see you as an authority figure as though you really know what you're talking about and all you can hope for is that somebody in your family not the person you're arguing with will latch on to something that you've said or that the person that you're talking to will have a series of life events that show them out of the darkness and into the light of better politics truly it's bleak there aren't many tips i have for you i have no real meaningful experience arguing with bad conservatives I had one conservative friend. She now identifies as a centrist, which is unfortunate. But through like a period of years, I was her roommate. She hung out with trans people. She got to know the gays, the blacks, the Jews. And eventually she did calm the fuck down. But that was through her going to a libcuck college and then opening her heart and mind to what people were telling her and that was really a personal decision with the family that she has she could have made the decision to never become a different person but she did it's completely coincidental that this happened had she gotten into somewhere else had she gone on a slightly different path she would be a conservative and she would have voted for trump it's just it's just a matter of when you're talking to people, their level of openness, etc. It really is a crapshoot. There is, I'll never forget the story of this, uh, I think it was a Midwest congressman, and he was, he, he had a lot of anti-gay, um, like homophobic stuff going on in, in his legislation and in his rhetoric, and then, uh, like, a family member or his son came out, and then a little while later he was, he was down with the gays. It, it, it's, Sometimes with a conservative, they they need just a personal connection with what is, you know, good in the world. Because if they don't have that personal, emotional, like we said, conservatism is, is highly emotional. If they don't have that emotional resonance, then that's, it's, it, it's very hard to change their mind. Yeah, but there are a lot of conservatives that um, have liberal or left-leaning family members that shun them or treat them Mm. like shit or want to try and bring them back into the fold and the best that you can do is stay the fuck out and engage with them on your own terms and don't expect too much of them i can't perform miracles and neither can you yeah that's the episode well there is a secret point number three that i've been holding back on you holy shit I know. Guess what? What? If if uh you want, in, in in it's fun. 
go for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, if it gets your goat to, like, argue with people, like, every once in a while I like to get the adrenaline flowing and I'll argue That's right. about capitalism with my dad. I know damn well that he's never not going to be a capitalist. The dude, uh, I cannot dox him. Uh, but he, um, <laughs> is a hardline fucking capitalist with a lot of very capitalistic credentials. And there's just no way I'm ever going to get him not to be a capitalist. But when I feel like arguing with him, I do. He's a progressive guy, yeah. but at the same time, a fucking capitalist. And ew. Sometimes I'm bored. And I go on Twitter and I argue with someone just because I'm bored. It happens, and it's and sometimes it's fun if it's if it's an if it's an enjoyable experience to argue with a brick wall for you. It's a holiday. Take break. Yeah, you know? but also if you are in a situation where your audience does have hope, maybe don't indulge yourself because you yeah. do want to preserve your image as somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about because you do want to influence the people around you so just that's right keep that in mind and if you yeah. can get them to start freaking out just go for broke it's really funny oh yeah oh, oh yeah um actually here are the real tips so number one if you want to get your weird conservative family members who definitely aren't weird about the jews to be weird about the jews just mention george soros if you so want them... just tri- like here's how you trigger your your conservative family members is that what yeah. we're doing right now i mean yeah but Excellent. like it's also important because if you're like talking to an audience and everybody thinks that this is a reasonable person with a reasonable position the way to get them out of that is to really unmask them get them to show their power level mm. um you mentioned george soros talk about pizzagate i don't know Ilhan Omar. Immigration. Like, the invasion. Yeah. Essentially, if somebody's trying to, like, sell their ideas as being logical, just push their buttons. Talk about George Soros. Talk about the Muslims. Talk about Mexicans. Just make them look irrational and stupid and hope that somebody in the audience notices. The audience being your family. This is a holiday episode. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh, it's pretty, we're pretty relaxed. We're we're going. This is this is definitely, um. You know what? We hope you're driving to uh your your parents' house or your your relatives' house or whoever. You know, maybe you're stuck in traffic or something. Where you're listening to us. Just take a breath. Take it's it'll be fine. Yeah. You, Prepare yourself. Yeah. If you're listening to us, you uh you're 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 already a smart person. Yeah. So be you know okay. what to do. Yeah. Um, if you don't feel like going, turn that turn that car around and go home. But if you don't want to be a pussy, go to <laughs> thrive. Grow the left. <laughs> Other things. That's the episode. I shouldn't have to say this, but yikes the holidays. Agreed. Yikes. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, so we're going to do something a little different. Usually at the in the second half of the show, we talk about things that are making us happy because the world is a dark and and horrifying place sometimes. But since it's the holiday, uh I think we're going to talk about what we're thankful for. 
it's one of the few good things about Thanksgiving. The very, very few thing, good things about Thanksgiving. So, Nicole, what are you thankful for this year? This year, I'm thankful for my mental health. I've been <laughs> doing quite well this year. Um, sort of. Mentally. Things have been looking pretty okay. I am um, going to grad school soon. Got a bomb-ass, uh, I, I have a really great girlfriend. I was gonna say something vulgar. <laughs> Wait, you? Uh, vulgar? My mom listens to these. <laughs> the hell you say? What? Wait, what? <laughs> my mom listens to these. I'm thankful for my mom and my dog and Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> And all of the cute little bunnies and rabbits of the world. I'm very tired. I'm thankful for glasses. Prescription glasses, motherfuckers. Oh, Hallelujah. God. What are you thankful for? I, oh, I would like... I am thankful for prescription glasses. Um, <laughs> I am thankful... This year, I'm thankful for growth. I've been really trying as a person to grow this past year. I've been trying to really involve myself in, in self-improvement um, and trying to look on the bright side of things. And I think that's that's pretty... That's been working out pretty okay. Started a podcast, and I'm working on more podcasts and stuff, and we've I've been able to do interviews and stuff, and uh, things are things on that front on on my shows and everything have really brought me a lot of uh good feelings and and helped me relax through some tough times yeah. so yeah <laughs> cool so, shit everybody exactly and we hope you have a good holiday um stay warm stay that's blessed right. don't go shopping on thanksgiving do not do not make people work on thanksgiving if 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 a store is open and they're having sales on the thursday at the very least wait for black friday don't make the don't make their thanksgiving horrible um be respectful and kind on black friday and and while you're shopping through the weekend i'm just gonna go down like some short stuff for thanksgiving um and you know Tell the people that that you love that you love them. It goes a long way. Yep, Rooney. Okay, so happy Thanksgiving, and thank you for listening to I Shouldn't Have to Say This. If you want to learn more about today's topic, we will have a couple links in the show notes, so check that out. If you have any thoughts or opinions or suggestions, you can email us at saythiscast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at saythiscast, and you can go to saythiscast.pinecast.co to listen to previous episodes. Uh, Nicole... Where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Jack of Three Trades, that's the number three, or at BlackGirlGaming.com. You can find me at PressStartLock on Twitter, and you can follow me on Twitch, PressStartMorlock, and you can go to StartToContinue.com to listen to my video game and nerd music podcast. If you want to support this show, we have a Patreon! patreon.com slash say this cast we have a bunch of cool stuff on there um once we get some patrons um at this at certain levels then we can start producing uh extra podcasts so uh nicole 
talking about her her thoughts and feelings about different places in in the in the United States. Fucking yeah. We might have question and answer shows, things like that. And if you are a patron at a certain level, then we can thank you at the end of the show for every show, because clearly you want that recognition. Um, all of our music is by Mustin. If you want to go to store.mustinenterprises, that, that is M-U-S-T-I-N, then you can hear the music from the theme song. I Shouldn't Have to Say This is a collaboration between BlackGirlGaming.com and PlanetSide Podcasts. PlanetSidePodcasts.com You know what? I, what? How I'm gonna make our turkey this year? How are you gonna make the turkey this year? Did you see that um, hot Cheeto crusted turkey? Oh no! Yeah. So what you do is you um take a turkey and then you put like a thimbleful of salt on it. Oh no! Or and then you brine it for a day and then you take it and you cover it in Cheeto dust and then you shove a block of cheese up its hole and then you eat it. No. That's what I'm going to have for Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone.